At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we did. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name is Tim. I'm a conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbean.com. Check us out on Twitter. I am at libconmatt. Tim is at libcontim. Buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want. And go check out the trailer for my production company's new film. It is at sphereofinfluencemovie.com. It's awesome. It's really cool. You need to go watch it, and then you need to go like tell all your friends about it because it's good stuff, and there's more coming, and I'm going to pimp it right here on this podcast until the end of time. Yeah. Then like anyway. five people will watch it. Yes. Maybe six. Maybe you know, seven it's, even. It's, Who knows? We're really lucky we'll get up I, seven. I think our ants are watching now. So. <laughs> <sighs> uh, we are back from uh, from our last, I promise that's our last break through up until the holidays. We just, you know, that's it's, it's vacation-y time of year and, you know, we're the last of it is anyway. It? And, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, we went on break it the same time us. John. <laughs> we were on break the same time John Oliver was on break. I'm just mm. saying because us and John, we're all on the same page. You know that. Uh, but that's yeah, it for close. us until the holidays. We promise we'll, we'll, we'll be around with you every week right up until this, this grand debacle of an election actually finally goes down, and then we can stop freaking talking about it. But tonight we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about some fun stuff in Kentucky. We've got a lot of quick hits, round of applause, and WTF and something cool. How are you, friend? You ready to get started? Just dive yeah, right in. let's do it. Let's dive let's in. Just dive in. Did yeah. you watch that? Did, did 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 you watch the debate? Well, I kind of have to. We have this show and stuff. So yes, That's I what did. I, hear. I was sad that I was watching it more for like the entertainment value um, than I was for any hope of like actually learning about the candidates. I know, and right? That made it depressing for me. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it was extraordinarily educational for some people. And it, I, I, watched, I watched some of the reactions afterward and read the, the people that were the because I, I, I just I, I have no concept of what it is to be an undecided voter right now. I just I, I don't really I'm not criticizing if you're an undecided voter out there. You know, that's 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 perfectly fine. I just I, I don't have any frame of reference, so I don't know. But apparently there were a lot of them out there and they, some of them got really good things out of it. So, you know, but again, I was well, watching for good. fireworks. Uh, of which I didn't see any. I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I, I was, I was, I was impressed with Hillary overall. I thought she did really well, um, you know, holding it together and, and doing, doing what all of the men frankly couldn't do, which was just kind of stand there and let Trump do his thing and, and get all ranty and whatever. And, and look at him with disappointed mom face and, and and then you know kind of hit him and and frankly dangle all the red meat in front of the dangle the bait right in front of him and watch him take it you know especially right in the last 15 minutes so yeah i mean that score one for hillary that was kind of what i thought i what do you what do you got man it seems like whoever people like they thought won so if you were a trump fan then you walked away thinking, hell yeah, he really stuck to her. And if you're a Hillary fan, then you think exactly all the things that you just said. Um, so I, I don't, don't know. I, 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 I don't read know an what awful I lot of then. So I don't know yeah. if I liked Hillary just because I like Hillary better than Trump. And therefore, I felt like she got the better of him. Um, you know, I, I never... I, I never listen to Trump and go, yes, absolutely. So this this debate was more of the same. So, of course, I didn't agree with him or, or like the things that he said. So I, I, I don't know. I, I read a lot of <laughs> I read in a lot of places like there were a lot of places around the Internet that were putting up screenshots of various pro Trump, including one one white supremacist website because they really like Trump there. Uh, and they were all basically saying he's getting killed. Oh, um, really? And, all right. Yeah. Well, there and, you go. Then I stand corrected. And I mean, there, there were no, I mean, I'm not, that's not to say that there weren't people out there that thought that he won. You know, I think Sean Hannity thought he did great. Um, but, um, beyond that, I, you know, uh, 
I, I think the reason that I felt like Hillary won really was more about the aftermath to me because Trump for a long time, I think the reason that Hillary had Hillary kind of faded a little bit and Trump gained on her in part because Trump got got some got some discipline right you know through August and Hillary kind of took a break and was hoping to let him hang himself but he never did and so he gained a little bit in the polls and then today then the last in the days since in the aftermath what are we talking about we're talking about Miss Universe and whether or not she was fat we're talking about uh, the big we're issues talking about, yeah the really the really important stuff we're, yeah. he, we're talking about whether or not he was a gentleman by not bringing up Monica friggin Lewinsky oh uh, that's and, good Right. You know, so and and we're doing this not because not because she's brought up any of this. All she had to do was mention Miss Universe and Trump has spent the last three days doing nothing but talk about her. Yep. So, again, she dangled that out there and he just took the bait and he's been running with it for three days. They're really not even having to. I mean, I'm sure she's bringing it up in speeches and. You know, doing the general politician-y type things that, you know, that frankly are perfectly normal. Everybody wants to hit on her like the, like she's a big trailblazer by being a politician. Come on. Uh, you know, and, and he's just running his mouth off on Fox and Friends about how he felt like he was really good to, Alice, to, this, uh, to Alicia Machado because he... Tried to help her. I don't even. I can't even follow his reasoning. Or help her not to be fat. Help her know. not to be fat. You know, they wanted to keep her job, so I felt like the best way to make her lose weight was put to put her up in down. front of a bunch of reporters. You know, yeah, this one. She likes to eat this one. Yeah. <laughs> Anderson yeah. Cooper was talking to talking to Kaylee McEnany, McInerney or McEnany, whichever one one of one of one of Trump's folks on on AC three sixty last night, and she was going, You know what, I like to eat. I, I don't understand why she's taking that as a and everybody's saying that's such a bad thing. I'll fully admit that I like to eat, you know? And Anderson's like, Okay, Kaylee, so really you'd be okay with if you were employed by CNN and your boss going, This one likes to eat, so we're gonna make her work out on national television. You'd you'd be okay with that? And she goes I, you know what? I, I really, I really, I do like to eat. And Anderson's going, I really don't think you'd be okay with that. I know you well enough. I don't think you would be. <laughs> well, it was kind of awesome. God forbid we actually try to talk about some of the policy sorts of things that are out there in this, in this debate. Um, but I mean, they do. That exist. would be weird, wouldn't it? So, I, you know, there are a few things I would like to bring up. Um, one, what do you got? One, this whole VAT tax thing. Um, the VAT tax in Mexico. Notice uh, that, yeah. This idea that somehow because Mexico imposes a VAT tax on our products when they come in, that this is like some sort of tariff. And this is part of how NAFTA is so horribly unfair to us. Um this was this was a very false portrayal of the way that the VAT tax works. Because um, what what what's going on there is that Mexican companies have to pay a sixteen percent VAT tax VAT tax on all on everything in Mexico. So anyone else who wants to sell stuff in Mexico has to do the same thing that all the other Mexican companies have to do. But in the United States, we don't have a VAT tax. So therefore, Mexican companies, when they sell things in the States, don't have to pay a VAT tax, just like our companies don't have to pay a VAT tax. It's the idea that in each different country, every company, regardless of nationality, is playing on the same level playing field. It is not some sort of mysterious trade barrier that Trump was trying to imply. Well, and it also, if anything, it encourages people to do business here instead of doing it in Mexico. Because if they're doing business here, if they don't have to pay a VAT tax, which is ridiculous, calling it a VAT tax, it's a, it's a value-added tax, um, uh, is by doing business here, then they're not having to pay that tax. So it would encourage them to do business here. That's a good thing. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, Mexican companies don't have to pay it either. If they come here. So, I mean, well, yeah, that's what it, I'm it's just wherever you want to do business, you have to follow the rules of that of that particular country. Right. And it's not a pro or a con for either either side. 
Right, and also I would, another thing I would point out when you're talking about a, uh, talking about the VAT is is that that actually came up as a proposal by a couple of different, I, I, I think a couple of different candidates during the Republican primaries. Right? Was it? Yeah, was it Cruz that was of, for it or didn't like? I, 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 I think Cruz like was for it. I think Cruz yeah. was for it, but I'm not sure. Um, you we know, had a long discussion about it, if I remember. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's another. It, it's not a sales tax. It's different. Um, and, and, and it's big in a lot of countries and, you know, several, you know, a lot of countries are enjoying this. Um, I, I don't know. I, it could be good. Could be bad. Uh, I'm in general, I mean, I'm a Republican, so I'm not going to be, yes, let's tax some more. That sounds like a fantastic plan. Um, but if we were talking about getting rid of sales taxes and doing VAT taxes instead, okay, maybe there would be some, some benefit there. Um, I don't like the idea of getting rid of income tax and doing a VAT tax instead. I, I don't like that idea because that VAT, any sort of sales tax or VAT tax is going to tax the poor more than it's going to tax the rich, right? Because yeah. the poor already don't pay an income tax. So if you get rid of the income tax, then that's going to be great for the wealthy, but the poor already don't pay this income tax, but now they're going to have to pay this much higher VAT tax. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, other, some other, some other policy things. I, one of, one of the things that I, th- I thought was really, that, that I thought was interesting about the way that, and I think it was one of the reasons why people that were really paying attention said that Hillary really did better than he did because she was actually able to get a lot of her policy stuff in the, out there throughout it. And Trump really didn't. He was sort of flailing throughout most of it. And even when he did get into policy type things, he, he would do what his usual policy shtick is, which is to go out and, and, and start off a sentence by saying, I think maybe we need to do this. But then now ah, I don't really, you know, whatever. And then Hillary's bad and yada, 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 yada. And it doesn't really go anywhere. And, uh, you know, so there's not actually like even even the, the VAT that he uh, sent us that he put out there. That was almost a throwaway. He really didn't actually discuss it. He just happened to mention it yeah. and say well, VAT bad. And then Hillary has to defend NAFTA. You know what I mean? So, well, because at least as far as I can see. And I mean, I've tried to go on his website and, and look at. The, these policies that he puts out there, but he just doesn't seem to have a lot of clear cut policies. Um, and, and I mean, he has put out a fairly detailed tax plan. Um, but other than that, I'm just not that impressed by the intricacies of his policies. Whereas with Clinton, it's the opposite. She has tons, which in a, in a sense is also kind of a negative because I do agree with Trump about regulation um, you know, I, I, I don't like the amount of regulation that we currently have in our government. Uh, and I think that needs to be cut back. Whereas with Clinton, we are looking at getting, you know, another four, potentially eight years of increased regulations when what we need to be is cutting them back. Now, Hillary mentions every now and then this idea that she wants to cut regulation, but I don't really see what regulation she's wanting to cut. She's not, at least as far as I've seen, been particularly precise about what regulations she thinks need to be gotten rid of. Um, see, she's sneaky like that. That's the, but see, that's the place where I think there where she, it, if she's doing what I think she's doing is that she'll hold those regulations back as bargaining chips and use those to try to get through the things that she wants by giving them out, you know, as things that places where she's willing to make compromises, but you can't mention them now because she's doing everything she can to hold on to the base right now. So, well, good Lord, that's just doing what Trump says he's doing. Trump says that all the time. I can't say exactly what I want to do with the trade deals because I want to be, I want to have, I don't want to tie my hands at the negotiation tables. I don't want to say exactly how I'm going to get rid of ISIS because I don't want to tie my hands by telling them everything I want to do. And it's BS. If we're going to elect you, we need to know the basics of what you want to do. And then the same thing goes with Hillary. You can't just say, I'm going to cut regulation, but not tell me what regulations you're going to cut. Uh, it's a little less obnoxious coming from her, though, because at least she has put out a lot of that's, other specific just because type she's things. less obnoxious. <laughs> well, yeah, but, In general. yeah. <laughs> but she has put out a lot more specific things um, than Trump has, you know, because frankly, Trump's Trump's talk about ISIS is the same as everything else. Well, I don't you know, I just I'm going to do stuff. Oh, Make America great again. 
Yeah. It'll be it'll be fine. All the generals they love me. I've got recently gotten this endorsement from the two hundred of them. It's coming. Most There's a lot of all here. sorts of yeah. endorsements, and you know they love me. The people they love me. Yeah, you know, we've got to do something about the cyber. You know because cyber that's very bad cyber. You know there's a four hundred pound guy on a bed. Now he did bring up NATO again, which yeah. While I, I continue to disagree with you know the way he went about it, the principle of what he's saying still stands. NATO countries, if you're going to be part of NATO, you have to abide by the treaty. You have to pay the amount of, you have to spend the amount of your, G, the percentage of your GDP that all NATO countries are expected to pay. And we've been letting countries get away with not doing it for decades. And it's time that we made them start paying. Well, and I don't, I don't know that. No, I, and I, and I agree. And I, I, I don't know that Hillary denied that, but I think where the point that Hillary was making was a good one, which is that, you know what? Yeah, we need to look at that. And that's an important thing. But the larger issue is that there is this idea behind NATO that, that an attack on one is an attack on the whole. And, and, and honestly, they have held up that end of the bargain with with us in the last 15 years. How? Um, like with Afghanistan. Uh, NATO agreed to be a part of the invading force of Afghanistan. Now, how much they put in, I don't know. I don't have numbers in front of me. but um, And that was on the basis that we were attacked on 9-11. Okay. Um, so, you know, that they, they were holding up their end of the deal, at least in that respect. And then a lot of them did go into, you know, uh, Iraq um, as a part of it. Uh, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them did. France, England. Uh, yeah, but not, nothing yeah. compared to what we put in. I, I well, mean, no, this, no this Iraq this was our bad out. idea. Well, Iraq, sure, but NATO didn't subscribe to Iraq. But you're right. Some the NATO countries did subscribe to Afghanistan, but they just don't have the military force to put in the amount of uh, the amount of troops that we do. And when you talk about a no, NATO an attack not. on one is attack on the others, the main reason why that means anything is because we're a part of NATO. Because we're holding up our end of the bargain. And they're not. And and I'm not and again, I but I'm, what I'm saying is that I don't I don't think that I think it's important to maintain that front publicly, but I think privately you need to put pressure on people and Hillary was saying that yeah, uh, you know, we need that needs to be addressed, but at the same time you've got to straddle well, we, that we've line been without saying, coming out and we've been saying it needed to be addressed for 16 years. So I'm well, not what, saying that I agree with Trump that we should be jumping out of NATO, but we need to be start taking a firmer line. Well, and I think she said that. I, I really do. She did say that, that that article, whatever it was, I don't remember. She brought up that specific article and said that, yes, it needed to be addressed. But you've also got to look at the fact that this is the way that this has been handled. And I think she was essentially acknowledging it, that it's more complex than pay up or we're out, which is what Trump has essentially decided he's going to the line he's going to take. Um, pay up or we're out. Go get your own nuclear weapons. And that's no good. As far no. as the nuclear weapons go, of course, that, that, that's no good. But the idea of pay up or look, we're not necessarily going to come to your aid. You know, no, I mean, I, you can't really do that right now with the way that Russia is. But we've got to come up with no, but we've, we've got, got to come, come up with, up with some else. format of getting them to pay their fair share. I think the issue is that it's a complex thing. And if I if there's one of them that I trust to recognize the complexities and the nuances of it, it's her, not him. And I agree with that as well. Because there are no complexities or nuances yeah. where he's concerned. Now, uh, another place where I do like Trump is Trump is his shady stances on free trade aside. Trump is pro-business. When he talks about business, he talks about it in a positive light. He doesn't talk about these big evil corporations and he doesn't talk about um, the negatives. He focuses on the importance of business and building jobs. And I think his idea of cutting the, the corporate tax demonstrates that. And his his plans for trying to get companies to bring their money back into the United States demonstrates that. And I, I don't think Clinton does. I, I know that she talks she talks some about wanting to bring companies to bring their money back in. But most of the time when she talks about business, it feels like the same old Democrat manner of talking about business where it's these evil people who are not paying their fair share and we need to get their money from them 
And that's just not the way to go about this. Businesses are good. They provide jobs. They, pro- they, they drive our economy. And they need to be treated with, with respect and appreciation and not with the negativity that we're seeing. I, I would tend to agree. But I, the one point that I would make is, is that, okay, would, would, you call, would you call Obama anti-business? Just in the way that he's governed. No, I like Obama. I've been over that. So I like Obama. No, now, now Dodd Frank, Dodd Frank, I am going to take issue with though. Absolutely, I the the general some of the basic ideas fine, but in the end, all that it's done is solidify the ties between big business and big government. Um, so that I now, agree with that. you would agree with that. I, I think to a certain okay. extent, yeah. And you, you get know, this massive. Think, again, Dodd Frank to me was was a little a little bit like the ACA. It was an imperfect an imperfect response to a, yeah to an impossible problem. Well, and the thing that drives me nuts is that the main driver behind the financial crisis, and this is one thing that drives me nuts about Hillary. Right? She she started talking about trickle down economics, which I will defend till my dying day. Um, she brings up this idea that all those bad policies, uh, you know, of the last 15 to 18, 20 years that led up to the 2008, right? When not really, I mean, the, the main thing that led to that was all the subprime mortgage stuff. That's what needed to be addressed. The mortgage industry needed to be addressed. But instead of just focusing in on that and addressing that, we see this, we, the Democrats have used this as an excuse to go in and dive into and manipulate all of the financial world rather than focusing in on the one thing that really caused the problem. Okay. And I, th- and I think Hillary was guilty of that in her speech. I, I, I don't know enough about that, to, about that angle of it to make any, but I mean, you can't, I don't know. I, you can't deny that banks, at least to a certain extent, haven't been somewhat out of control in the last several years. I mean, just with with all of the shenanigans that we've seen in the banking industry in the last 10 years, uh, with Citibank's problems and uh, Bank of America had some trouble in there, and then all this crap that's going on with Wells Fargo now. Um, I mean, just about every... Uh, major bank uh you know in the in the country has had some sort of just shady crap going on and then all these golden parachutes and and everything else i mean you can't you, you can't tell me that the only problem in the banking industry was subprime mortgages maybe it's not the only problem but that was the primary issue as to what caused the 2008 crash now and because of that crash that exposed Maybe some cracks in the system, some uh, you know lack of capital uh, within banks, so that they weren't able to withstand uh, the issues that came about because of the subprime mortgage crash. Um, but I, I don't think that it was the there was the need for a massive legislation like Dodd Frank because while yes, this crash did happen and that was terrible, you have to look at. You know, these same horrible policies that led to the 2008 crash also gave us 20 years of unprecedented growth. Well, but they gave us 20 years of unprecedented growth, but at what cost? It got 20 years of unprecedented growth, but what, by breaking the rules? No, see, that's just it. I don't think that they were breaking a whole ton of rules. I, I think that you had the subprime mortgage issue. And there you go. You have the subprime mortgage issue. This was this was the major the major cause of the problem. And yeah, are there all sorts of financial tweaks and tricks and trading and all these sort of yeah, absolutely they are. There are there are those things. But I don't I don't see those as breaking the rules and horrible and awful. I I think it's business with its ups and downs and, and quirks. And we had a lot of good times off of it. And then we had the two thousand eight crash which fortunately the stimulus bill was able to combat and our economy is doing fairly well. And I, and I totally agree with that. And, you know, but I mean, it it took rebounding and, you know, I mean, and this is something that we didn't get a chance to talk about, um, you know, and and we beforehand because it happened while we're on break, but um, you know, we had 
some outstanding news a couple weeks back um, about the economy that we haven't had for the uh, since uh, you know in years, which was that uh, overall in 2015 there was there was growth in uh, salaries overall mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in 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 ages. Uh, I read a, an article on Vox just p- putting it out there that you know what if you oh, but you have right now you've got you've got growth in 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 salaries, uh, the economy is adding jobs, the unemployment rate is under five percent, uh, sentiment consumer sentiment is back up to a 1996 level, poverty's down, uh, inequality is declining, we've got health coverage at you know whatever outrageous rate it is now, the highest it's been in 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 decades, uh, and. And for some reason, everything is gloom and doom in the conservative world. But what if this? What if you had those same numbers under Mitt Romney? They'd be hailing the man as the next Reagan. No, I agree, and that's one of my main issues with Trump. With the way he talks about America, I look at and see America, and I just I do not agree with his vision of America, as if we're somehow this gloom and doom, falling apart country. We're just not. Sorry. And the 2008 crash was bad. There were clear reasons for why this happened. And we've generally recovered from it. The bailout was a good thing. There you go. It worked. Good job, everybody. And we've pretty much, everyone's been paid back. The government's been paid back. The taxpayers have been paid back. Great. There we go. Now, what we don't need is a bunch of additional, is this as an excuse for a bunch of additional regulations. And that's going to be my primary issue with Hillary. Well, and I'm just—I guess what I'm saying that's is like that I'm, I'm, I'm not in, or anything, but I'm—I'm—I am not entirely sold that that's necessarily going to be the case with her, I, because I don't think that's been the case overall with Obama. I think Obama has been good for the economy, and I think that economically, Hillary and Obama are going to wind up being fairly similar for the most part. So I think that I—I I do think that in this case, and I—and I think it's a good thing. You know, there, some people are trying to sell it as a negative that this is four more years of Obama. Well. I'm kind of okay with that. Same. You know, I'm so, okay with four more years for Obama. You know, whatever. So, anyhow, we got to move on. Uh, very quickly, Gary Johnson is not having a good time right now. I don't no. think he, he 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 had a little little no, little no outburst with a Johnson. with a reporter where he got very grouchy and was questioning whether or not they should just drop out uh, and actually said that phrase and and then he had his little foreign leader gaff I uh, the other day, which, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. That's a, he's just, he's had a couple of sort of Sarah Palin esque moments that eh, are starting to make me wonder, but uh, you know, this is, this is more of a, a question of where the millennials are headed. And I think a lot of them were sort of heading towards Johnson. I don't know if any of this is going to drive them back, but I, I do think that Hillary has got a problem, you know, where the Bernie voters aren't quite coming over, at least not the kids. Now, whether or not she can still win, Without him, that all depends on turnout and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I don't know. How are you feeling about the about the Johnson these days? I mean, I love I've always voted for a third party. I want to vote for a third party again. Um, you know, I, I'm going to continue to go back and forth with how the polls are. Uh, if it's close, I'm going to have a hard time voting for for Gary Johnson as much as as much as I want to. Um I don't necessarily think Gary Johnson has any chance of winning, really. But I, you know, I want to vote for a third party for the same reason I've always voted for a third party. I think we need another voice. We need another another viable option. And the only way we're going to get that is if we start voting for him. All right. Well, we got to move on. Uh, we are going to bring you guys up to speed on Kentucky because we haven't done that in a really long time. And there's, you know, all sorts of fun Kentucky ish things going on these days. Uh, well, we, I don't know if you're going to think they're fun, but we think they're fun because you know, Hey, Matt Bevin's fun. Fun. Uh, Is that the term? It's fun. Is this the word we're going to use for Kentucky politics? Okay. Maybe it's not fun, but you know, it's, well, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, I mean, it, it, this, this is, this is a pissing contest at its best. It's like if Trump won the presidency, it's all exactly. That's exactly what it is. If you want a little preview, you of what it would be like <laughs> go look at Kentucky politics uh, so in in the in the ongoing battle between Governor Matt Bevin and Attorney General Andy Bashir uh, where they're filing lawsuits for each other and and Matt Bevin is sending mean text messages to 
uh, the attorney general and then the attorney general takes pictures of them and sends them to the media. <laughs> I'm not making any of this up. Um, there have been all these court orders about things that Bevin had done. One of them was uh, mid-year budget cuts to uh, college, to university budgets. Um, these were uh, done by the governor in order to, uh, supposedly in order to save the pension funds or something. Uh, but uh, technically you're not supposed to do that. If you're going to make cuts, you got to do it on the budget year. This is generally the way it goes. Uh, the attorney general sued and, uh, the attorney general won because the Supreme court basically shot him down. Uh, the Bevan also went out and abolished the board at the university of Louisville. Now, some would say that this needed to happen because the university of Louisville was dirty as hell. Uh, and again, the attorney general sued and again, he won the attorney general won, And so the governor can't do that. So really the attorney general is now two to nothing versus the governor. Uh, in court. So I, you know, I, these are all sorts of procedural things and they're kind of in the same vein of Republicans freaking out over what Obama does. This is the, these are the Democrats freaking out about executive power with a Republican governor. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know you, and I think there is some truth to the idea that the pension fund, the pensions and everything needed to be bailed out and whether or not these mid-year budgets cut, cuts were going to accomplish that. But, you know, there is the question of whether or not he had the authority to do it. I mean, do you have any thoughts on any of this? Well, I do agree. I, you know, I, I like the idea of budget cuts in general uh, to the university system and a demand that they become more efficient. Um, but you can't do it mid-year like that. I mean, they, they base their entire operations around a year long budget and you can't just all of a sudden yank, yank the rug right out from under them. So I, I, I'm glad that the Supreme court ruled against it, but I hope that these budget cuts are able to move forward. And I hope that Bevan learns how to not be a dick and explain his reasons for doing such things because the pension fund is a mess and I'll happily take this opportunity to rant against pensions. Pensions are a bad form of, uh, funding people's retirement. They they shackle uh, the youth with the bad decisions and indiscretions of the previous generation. And we're paying the price for it now. And our youth are going to have to suffer through budget cuts to our universities uh, in order to pay all the promises that were made to the, the previous generation. And while we're on that subject, good job, old people. Thanks for screwing us over. There was another court ruling. Pensions were previously immune to being sued over bad, at least in Kentucky, they were immune to being sued over bad investments that depleted the pension funds. Court struck down that immunity, and now people can sue pensions when they make bad investments. Oh, actually, no, I don't. I don't think that's how it went down. I think it's that. Am I wrong about that? I thought that was a well. I don't think they were immune. The, the court ruled that they never were immune. It's actually in the in the writings, in the makeup of the board, that they can be sued for such things. And so the court was really just affirming what was already the case. So they were cl- so the pen- so the, so I had that backwards then. The pension fund was claiming that they couldn't be exactly. Sued. They were trying to say okay. they couldn't be sued because they saw immunity, and the court was like, um, "It's right here in your bylaws." That you can be sorry. Right. So again, the, so either way, this was not a victory for the Kentucky retirement system. Right. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's a victory in the sense that hopefully now the likes will be held accountable for their horrible decisions. And hopefully, and hopefully the government will steal money from the, the working class in order to fund all of these pension systems. Yay. I mean, I can't help but be a little bit bitter that we have to do all of this, um, but we do. I mean, the only because we've already it's our it's law that you have to pay out the benefits. You know, you can't just change your mind and say, "Oh, never mind, we can't afford this." You have to pay it out. So we're just screwed, and we have to get the money together for this. And that money can't just appear out of nowhere. So there has to be budget cuts. There may need to be taxes raised. And hopefully the private sector has already figured this out, that you can't do pensions. 
you have to move over to systems that are more like 401ks. That's the only way to do it. And our government is fighting tooth and nail and is sticking with pensions. And hopefully at some point, someone will make this stop. I feel obligated to sort of stay out of this one as a current government employee. (laughs) Current government employee enjoying your pension. Um, I'm not enjoying my pension. I'm contributing. (laughs) Shut up. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Uh, another thing that happened a couple of weeks ago while we, that we don't feel that we didn't really get a chance to talk about was, was, was Matt Bevin's sort of, uh, go to war conservatives speech, oh, uh, that, 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 that he gave while we're on the topic of Matt Bevin sort of being a dick, uh, you know, cause he is, uh, where he said, uh, I, I want us to be able to fight ideologically, mentally, spiritually, economically, so that we don't have to do it physically, but that may in fact be the case. It's a slippery slope. First, we're killing children. Then it's don't ask, don't tell. Now it's this gender bending kind of don't be a bigot. Just keep your mouth shut. Whose blood will be shed? It may be that of those in this room. It might be that of our children and grandchildren. It breaks my heart to think that it might be their blood that is needed to redeem something, to reclaim something that we, through our apathy and our indifference, have given away. Don't let it happen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. All of this, you know, if Hillary Clinton is elected president, uh, because this was all in response to what do we do if Hillary's elected? Well, obviously, we just throw in the friggin' towel, America. So, you know, there you go. Uh, I, I, this dude is just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Sort of, I'm just kind of done. You know, there were some things that he did early on that makes sense from a budget standpoint. But why is it that you can't be that if you're smart fiscally, you have to be an idiot on other fronts? Is that like a rule that I missed? Somewhere in there, if you're going to get elected, you can only be smart in like one thing. No, Reagan and H.W. Bush were smart on all fronts. And then they went away. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't have any... I I hate that he equivocated the killing of babies with don't ask, don't tell. You know, as a pro-lifer, I'm shocked and incredibly upset that he was equivocate that he was making those things equivalent as if somehow the don't ask don't tell policy that was equivalent to the killing of babies i can't how how what no absolutely not as as a pro-life person yes abortion is huge this is a major issue it is not equivalent to the sanctity of marriage and don't ask don't tell it is a thousand years beyond that that's fair. I, I mean, you know, th- this is more a, you know, this guy to a certain extent is, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a Republican standard bearer. So, uh, you know, I mean, in a way, you know, he does sort of, God dang it. Is he? I don't want to, is well, he? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a governor, dude. I mean, there's only 50 of them, you know, I, out of hundreds of millions of Americans, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you can say that, that I think governors are, leaders in the, within their party. Certainly he's the standard bearer in the state that you live yeah. in, you know? Um, yeah, he is. I just, I don't even know what a Republican is anymore. So I can't even, I, I just can't, I can't even begin to understand what it is that makes me a Republican at this point, because I don't buy into all this tea party bullshit. I don't buy into the Trump bullshit. So what am I then? I don't know. You're a lovely human being. Thank you. And, 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 and I enjoy your company. Does that make it better? No, doesn't really. Yeah. Well, I tried. So I don't know. So yes, That's all I got Bevin, from a please standpoint. continue to try to fix some things fiscally for our state. Uh, and if you could, please stop. I, and this is something that I, I guess isn't getting noticed by anyone unless you actually have the misfortune to be on food stamps or have the misfortune to be on Medicaid. But the entire system that handles this this stuff is broken is down in Kentucky. You can't get anyone on the phone. Uh, if something goes wrong with your Medicaid, which it constantly is because all of their systems are messed up, you have to go stand in line at the Department of Family Services. You have to get there at like 7 o'clock in the morning because they open at 8, and by the time the doors open at 8, the line's going to be wrapped all the way around the building. 
I get that you feel like, well, because part of it's all this, they, they were starting up a new system under Bashir called Benefind. And I get that you want to try to blame Bashir for all of the current problems. But you know what? You've been governor for seven months. You can't blame anyone else anymore. This is your fault, your problem. Fix it. And I can't help but believe that it's only because it affects poor people that it hasn't been a major issue. And so shame on the mainstream media as well for not bringing this to light. And shame on Bashir for fighting over U of L boards when poor people are stranded in the streets just trying to feed their kids and get their health care. Well, I don't I don't know that the attorney general can do a lot about that one. Oh, but he can magically do tons of stuff about the U of L board. Well, he can file lawsuits. That's what well, the attorney general Well, there you go. Does. File me a lawsuit or something then. Do something. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you on that one. But apart from the fact that I, I think you hit right on it. It's got to do with poor people, and it's not sexy. And you know, that's it's not the kind of thing that. I mean, that's that's almost what that's what bothers me about what Bevan's done. You want to do things about this stuff, fine. But you know, he's running around striking down. Uh, entire boards that were housed by... This has almost been like a war on the Democratic Party. It's like some sort of grudge match. He's striking down entire boards that are made out of out of uh, made up of Democrats so he can get rid of them. Uh, he's, you know, the U of L board was one thing, you know, he's, uh, but, you know, whatever. He, he took Bashir's wife's name off a building. And why, I don't know, because he didn't like her. I, you know, I don't know. And, uh... And on top of that, he or he 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 shot his wad tweeting out that Western Kentucky had beaten Vandy before they'd actually beat him. <laughs> Whoops! And then they ended up losing. So way to go, Gov. Anyway, got to move on. Done with the dude. Round of applause. Who you got? Uh, I got two. One to Tim Tebow for hitting a home run on his first <laughs> oh, <shit>. first pitch. <laughs> Boom! God, I love him. I, I hate the way that he's been treated in the NFL. No one's giving him a chance. And I'm glad the Mets have stepped up. And I hope that he continues to succeed. He's an, he's an awesome guy. He's, he's fantastic. I, I, I just love him so much. And I hate all of the Tebow haters. Um, and then I'll he give does my, seem like fun. I got to give him credit. I for, mean, what the, a great the, like, guy! Coming into, you, know? you know, he came into he came into Lexington the night before when the game day was going to be there. So he was doing he was doing sideline or something for one of our football games, and he showed up to Lexington the night before and went around town in costume, hitting frat parties with a couple of other guys from the game day crew, just like showing up at, because he could. It, I don't. I don't know. It, it. It. It was. There were pictures of it, and he was out taking pictures with everybody at the parties, and it just looked That's hilarious. Awesome. And it looked like he was having a blast. So what a, you know, what a great. Him. Yeah, he's wonderful. Um, then I'll also give my round of applause to the Arizona Republic. Uh, they're a conservative newspaper in Arizona. Um, they've 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 plumbed for the Republican candidate in every election since they were created in 1890, but this election. Uh, they are plumbing for Hillary Clinton as she is the only quote unquote serious candidate. And so round of applause to them for, for standing up um, to all the Trumpers. Yeah. You know, they received a bomb threat after they did that, uh, you know? Yeah. I, and I mean, so I just don't even know how to respond. That's how my party responds. And that's the thing. Like we talk about the Republican party and we talk about the politicians, you know, that we have and say, well, they're, they're the awful ones and they have this horrible unapproval rating. You know what? We voted for them. The Republican electorate voted for them. They voted for Trump. They voted for the tea partiers. So we don't got anyone to blame but ourselves. I'm not going to argue with you. Well, there you go. I'm, so what's I'm your round not. of applause? So, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be boring this week and, and just give it to Hillary. You know, mostly because I, 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 I was just very impressed with the way that she held it together throughout the debate. You know, the way that the polls had been going, she really needed to get in there and hold serve because she really, I think she really could have lost the election the other night. And I was mortified that she was going to. Uh, and, and she didn't, you know, she got in there, she held it together. She got her policy stuff out, did what she does, got in a couple of sort of political digs by bringing up, you know, the Miss universe thing sort of at the end. 
uh, and and you know went in there and held serve like she needed to, and and I I, I felt like it was it was a really good performance, uh, you know, and and just proof that it was sort of a validation in a sense because I have always felt like somewhat shady stuff or not. I kind of just, you know, with me, I, I've always sort of just taken that I've, I've, as I've gotten older, I just sort of take that as part and parcel with the political universe, you know, um, you know, all of them have their, their flaws and their scandals. And also, you know, these are people, they're not perfect. Um, and, uh, I've, at the very least, I've always felt confident that she was capable enough to be a reasonable choice to go in and, and have a shot at doing the job and doing it pretty well. And, uh, and I, I kind of felt like that she validated that for me the other night. So, and I appreciated that. So good on her. Yeah, she did. She did a good job. She did. She did good work. And, and I, I understand Republicans who, uh, vote for Trump because of the pro-life issue, because that's just an overriding thing for them. I'm, you know, I personally may not, um, agree that it can override everything else, but I at least understand that. Uh, I can't understand uh, the people who are, who want to vote for Hillary because or want to vote for Trump because they think Hillary is a, a liar or, or is shady. Um, when you're comparing her to Trump, I how is that even still a factor? I, I don't understand that. Well, it's sort of like, you know, I don't know if you saw John Oliver's show, the first one he did back this past Sunday, he, he, he made exactly that point. He said, you know what, if you want to make the point that Hillary's got skeletons and has got her scandals, perfectly acceptable and perfectly reasonable, frankly. But if you're going to try to say that hers are worse than Trump's, then you're really missing something. Yeah. Because, then, then you've lost me. Yeah. Because if, if Hillary's freak you out a little bit then Trump's as he put it should fucking terrify you. Yeah. Um, and you know that I, I can, I, I just, I thoroughly agree with that. So, all right. WTF, my WTF this week, I'll, I'll start off this one. My WTF goes to Michael Moore and all of the liberal panic that's been going on for the last little bit. And Michael Moore just absolutely flipped the hell out on Twitter the other night and, and threw out all these tweets about how stop gloating for Hillary. Trump is going to win. You don't understand how bad this is out there. And, and it's terrible. And Trump's going to win the whole thing. And you people just don't understand. And it's time to run and panic. Trump's going to win. And, and you're being naive, you Hillary supporters. And blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Just shut up. You're not any better than the Tea Party people. You're panicking and being stupid, irritating progressives. Just stop it. There's no need to panic yet. The man hasn't won and Hillary's doing fine. And frankly, it for all of this polls tightening and, oh, God, Trump's gaining. That's all he ever was. He never took the lead in any of this polling stuff, like the overall aggregates. I mean, some polls showed him ahead. Sure. But in, in the aggregate polling on Huffington Post, CNN, real clear, he never gained. He, he never got in front of her. It's all good, people. Take a pill. Still plenty of time. Yeah, take a pill, get out and vote. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're really afraid of it, do some work and get people out there, you know. I don't know. Anyway, who you got? I'll give my WTF to the Democrats in Congress who overrode Obama. Now, yeah, word. while I disagree, obviously, with the Republicans as well, I, you know, it's not like they were overriding their own person. For the Democrats in Congress to override Obama, come on. I mean, I get if you had to put your vote in originally in order to satisfy constituents or whatever. But once the leader of your party overrode, once the leader of your party vetoed the bill, it was time to stand up and back him up. And trust that this guy who's led us pretty god dang well for the last eight years, at least every Democrat is saying so, it was time to give him some support. So, WTF, Democrats. Well, and even McConnell today is coming back and saying that that could have, quote, unintended consequences. No. That... You oh you didn't yeah you didn't see that yeah. no I did see that I mean just yeah. duh I it's gonna that. have ramifications are you kidding me yeah who's one of our number one allies in the Middle East uh, let's see Israel and oh yeah Saudi Arabia 
At a time when we're trying to gather allies in order to fight ISIS, now all of a sudden we're telling our people they can sue the Saudi government over something that the bipartisan, non-raw, whatever the term is, non-biased report declared that the Saudi Arabian institute government as an institution had nothing to do with 9-11 oh, never mind, you guys can go ahead and sue away. Never mind all the possible ramifications that this is going to have for our troops who are over in other countries. Now, suddenly, they're going to be, the Philippines are going to be able to sue us for one of our troops running a red light. Awesome. Good job, team. Yeah, yeah, way to go, squad. That's kind of, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's all... Political posturing, as you like to say. Yeah, that, that is exactly what it is. It's, you know, and even Obama said that during the town hall he did on CNN last night, you know, that he understood that it was basically a political thing. But he's like, you know, when it comes to doing what's right and doing what's political, sometimes you have to make hard choices. And this was one of those hard choices that he really thought people were going to be willing to make. And he's like, well, apparently I was wrong. Congress failed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and now they're all going back and going, oh, gee whiz, man, maybe that's maybe we shouldn't have done. That. Maybe this was incredibly stupid. Yes, it was. Which I think is just the general term to describe the entire U.S. Congress as a whole. I don't know. So, all right, we're going to move on to doing some quick hits. I got to throw this one out there. I saw an interview with, with, speaking of duh in the U.S. Congress, I I saw an interview with with Paul Ryan today that just, it it maddened me because it was was just so stupid in what he said. Uh, He he said... uh, I'm, I'm tired of divided government. It doesn't work very well. We're just at loggerheads. We've gotten some good things done, but the big things, poverty, the debt crisis, economy, healthcare, these things are stuck in divided government. And that's why we, we think a unified Republican government government's the way to go. That's your fix. You're tired of Republican government. You're tired of unified government. So your way of fixing the unified government is to make everybody vote Republican so that you can only have people who agree with you. That's your solution instead of going, you know what? I'm going to sit down with people and work. What, 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 what kind of response is that? I'm glad you're tired of it and that you recognize that it's a problem. But the solution to the problem is not making everyone suddenly agree with you. Yeah. And unfortunately, the more likely outcome of all of this is not a Republican unified government. It's a Democrat unified government. That is still the more likely outcome of this election. So I hope you're happy with that one, Mr. Ryan. Yeah, go get him, Tiger. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. It was just stupid. So other things that happened while we were gone, more police shootings. Uh, Charlotte, Tulsa, San Diego suburbs. I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. I, I, I wanted to bring him up because it's, it's terrible. I'm in North Carolina, obviously. So, you know, the, the, the entire state obviously is, is, is struggling with this to a certain extent. Uh, you know, I mean, apart from all of this just being awful, I, I think we've sort of said our, I, I have said my piece on it. And I, my biggest thing is that I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of people shouting. And one of these days I'm really hoping that we can start talking again, but I don't know when that's sitting down and having conversations about this instead of screaming at each other. Yeah. Well, and black lives know. matter isn't doing itself, uh, any favors when they're just protesting every single police shooting regardless of whether it's white on black or black on black, uh, or if the, the person w- was doing something wrong. Um, you know, I think the, yeah, at this point I'm getting them all mixed up, but it, you know, there, there's been ones where the, the cop was, the cop was saying, you know, please show us your hands, show us your hands. And then he pulled out a metallic object and pointed it at the police officers. So, I mean, that's... Which I think turned out to be a vaporizer. Yeah. As I recall, I think that was San Diego. That is not good decision making. Like, you, you can't do that. So, the Black Lives Matter movement has a very good point. Um, and is bringing, bringing light on a difficult situation. Uh, that needs to be addressed, you know, just like NWA did 20 years ago. Uh, but they're not helping themselves when they just protest every single shooting. Um, the black on black shooting makes no sense 
what are you implying? Are you, are you implying that, that this African-American police officer was racist against black people in his shooting? I don't, I don't understand. What are you protesting with that? I don't, I don't get it. Well, I think that's fair, but I, I'm not entirely sure that, I don't know. I mean, I, you're, there, there's definitely a point to be made there. I, I, I can't deny that, but I think the reasoning there potentially would be that you have this idea that, you know, you've got a community that feels oppressed by police officers and it's not necessarily just about white police officers or black police officers. It's police officers in general. Okay. And I think that may be what they're saying. I I don't know. Understand. I, I, I don't, but I think that that is probably the point that they would make. Okay. This is not about white police officers on black people only. It is about police officers and their responses to the black community. Okay. Well, that makes it doesn't necessarily matter if, if they're white or black, you know? Um, so, and I, and and I get that, but then at the same time, I I do think that there is that, but that's why there has to be a conversation Mm -hmm. because Yes, but the Black Lives Matter people are absolutely raising something that has got to be addressed. And and this idea of how are we training our police officers? And it, because to me, the larger issue isn't just a, isn't isn't necessarily I mean, obviously, race, I think, is a factor. But I do think that there is this question of why do we have so many police officers that are going for their guns that feel as though they, they are in positions to shoot? How are they being trained? Are we training them to do this? Or, or do they have no, do they feel that they have no other option? Do they have no other equipment or uh, solutions to this? You know, I, are they too far away? There's no such thing as, you know, what happened to tasers? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I work with police officers every day and the ones that I work with are, are loaded loaded for bear when it comes to, they have guns and they've got tasers and they've got pepper spray and they've got all these different tools at their disposal. Mm-hmm. Why are all, all these other officers suddenly going for their guns first? Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't have answers to these things, but I would, I would love to see these conversations being had. And yeah. I, I, I don't know if they are. I hope they are mm-hmm. at least behind closed doors, you know, but I just, it's, it's, it's all very, it's just, it's all very sad. And, and I don't think that there's any other way that I can put it. It's just, it, it is, it is heartbreaking to me to see this and I, and I hope it stops. You know, I, I, I don't know that I can add anything else to that. Well, I would certainly add that I don't think stop and frisk is the solution. Oh, hell no. I don't think that's going to help anything. And it was ruled unconstitutional. And while I'm on it, Lester Holt coming up and saying that does not mean that he was swaying it towards Hillary. He was calling bullshit on somebody, something was something somebody was saying. Which I'm sorry, he's a reporter. He's allowed to call bullshit. He's allowed to do this. Yes, he is. And Lester Holt's a Republican, so shut up, New York Post. Anyway, He's while we're on the subject, yeah, registered. Wow. Um. Anyway, obviously uh, a what? rhino. Right? Yeah. Whatever. Lame. Anyways, uh, all this stuff about this, this uh, Colin Kaepernick and and the football players and the. And, and, like, you just had the Nebraska football players that did this with the not standing. They're kneeling instead of standing during the the national anthem. Stand, sit, don't stand, hand over your heart, flip the bird at the sky. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I couldn't care less. I, I could not possibly care less about any of this. Well, I mean, what, because, do, what do people want? What, what do they want? Yeah, what do they want him to do? What, I mean, what do they want? You know, they want, uh, you know. They get everyone's upset about the you know, rioting and looting and blah blah blah. Okay, sure, fine. All right. Well, then I'm going to peacefully kneel during the national anthem in order to in order to protest. Well, what more do you want? Like that's that's a very peaceful way of demonstrating. I I don't understand what what the issue is. I'm sorry, I just don't. I don't, and and it's also hello freedom of speech and expression. Yeah. So you know, I'll I mean, give a third the, round of applause to the, the to the president of Nebraska, of Nebraska University for standing up for his, for those players. Yeah, totally. Good job for him. Snaps. Yeah, you know, and and, and just and I'll give a second WTF to everybody that's freaking out about this. 
the same rights that guarantee all of you, because honestly, all of you people that are out there screaming at these people are the same ones that would show up at an NRA rally and scream about how the Second Amendment guarantees your right to carry a friggin' gun. Well, you know what? The First Amendment guarantees their right to sit on their ass and twirl during the national anthem if they freaking want to. So Agreed. shut up and let them. Anyway, we talked about the override of the veto thing, so I don't know that we really need to get into that. But the government avoided being shut down again today. My Yay. Name. Hooray, G. Willikers, Dre. Well, and it looks um, like we finally got Zika virus funding, so that's good. We did. Things that went into this. The Zika virus thing was finally finally got in there without any caveats on anything. You know, it, it just it, it, it got put in. Uh, the, uh, funding for the Louisiana flooding was put in, uh, and there were, uh, also funding for, uh, Flint, Michigan for helping out with the water crisis out there. Um, so lots of, lots of, of, of good stuff that needed to get done was, was, was done. Um, for nine but, weeks. Yay. Know, Hooray. For, yeah. Funding we'll for all this crap again. Yeah. Funding months. for nine weeks. And three of those issues, uh, it's, it is sad and pathetic that it took this long to get those things accomplished. How long has the Flint, Michigan crisis been a crisis? How long has the flooding in Louisiana been an issue? How long has the Zika virus been coming? And somehow these for, things the are just not being taken. The president asked Congress for funding for Zika in February. Yeah. So that's one. Two, the Flint thing. Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton were having debates about it, if that tells you anything about how long that was going yeah. on. Uh, I mean, and, how, how can we even begin to pretend that this is our government functioning functioning effectively? Yeah. I mean, it's it's what they want pats on the back for. And honestly, we were I was hell, I was phrasing that as, you know what, hey, it's a good thing. Give them a pat on the back for what? Not screwing up? Showing up to work and do your jobs. You guys are lame. Um, lame. So, right. Uh, something in there that I, I didn't know about. So, the, I'm, I'm just going to read this bit. It was It's from an article on, on Vox. Uh, that there, there was uh, something about, fun, about money and uh, private money going into Super PACs. So, uh, Citizens United helped unleash a huge amount of untracked private money flowing to super PACs in order to influence elections. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Even Republicans have nominated a presidential candidate who decries this as corruption and, uh, on a regular basis. The executive branch could legally pass a rule to force corporations to disclose their political donors, but thus far they haven't due to a clever workaround advanced by congressional Republicans. The GOP is forced through a measure that prevents the Securities and Exchange Commission from spending any money to draft and create the corporate disclosure rule. So they, the SEC could theoretically pass a rule that would sort of work around Citizens United, but they're not allowed to spend the money to finalize it. Wow. Because I guess finalizing a rule costs money. And Democrats tried to end it as part of negotiations throughout this, but Mitch McConnell insisted that the lock on the SEC was non-negotiable and was worth shutting the government down over. Was it? Was it, Mitch? Was it worth it? Really? Wow. Because that's what every American really cares about, is making sure that corporations don't have to disclose their political funding. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate you standing up for us. The little guy thanks you. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? So, I, I don't know. You know, uh, bah. So, uh, we also didn't have a chance to talk about the uh, the lawsuit that was put out there. Again, Republicans ride to the rescue when the Democrats try to do something to help you guys out. Uh, the Labor Department's overtime rule was 22 governors, governors in 22, 22 states, including Kentucky's Mount Be- Matt Bevan, filed a lawsuit to stop the Labor Department's changing of the overtime rules. Uh citing the uh, leftist agenda uh, as their reasoning, uh, stopping the leftist agenda as their reasoning for it. Was that their actual uh, phrasing? Please don't actually. actually what they, wow. That was actually what they said. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was them. I know Bevins. It was either Bevin or it was them. All wow. of them. I don't remember. But right. yeah, that uh, stopping the evil left leftist agenda. And, you know, I don't know. The, again, the, the overtime rule, 
uh, what did it what did it bounce it up to? It's at twenty three five now as a minimum, and it took it up to what forty seven thousand or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so you know, I, I don't know. The lawsuits silly and stupid. You know, I, I don't know. You got anything to add about it? No, really. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about this, but we've talked about this at length. Uh, I I fully agree with the change that the labor department made. I don't think that this puts a big strain on businesses. Uh, they've made it incredibly easy for them to report the hours and do all these things. They don't even have to change uh, whether or not these people are on salary. Um, they simply can't work over forty hours uh, unless they make the proper amount of money. All this would mean for companies is potentially having to do some restructuring and maybe some hiring of some part-time people. Uh, this seems completely legitimate to me. And it's certainly, at least in the restaurant industry, which I'm pretty familiar with, uh, it was ripe with abuse. Uh, and I experienced it as a both as a manager and as an owner. And it's a good thing that they made the changes. Yeah, I mean, I saw it all over the place, just not even work, just working as a server, just with all the different managers that I worked in and, and knowing what what kind of circumstances they 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 just sort of had to accept. You know, honestly, it was one of the reasons why I got out of the I never really was all that interested in pursuing management because mm-hmm. I actually like the restaurant business, but I I'm not going to work 60 hours a week for 24 grand. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, when my salary is going to max out at thirty five thousand over lord knows how many years unless i want to own my own place so yeah no fun but anyhow all right well that's uh that is 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 that is our show we hope you've enjoyed it have you anything else to add no i'll take us out with something cool california cops california cops bought a bike for a teen who walks two hours to work every day uh one of the cops found out about the teen situation spoke to some of the other officers and officers in his unit and they purchased a bike for him so he could get back and forth to work more quickly. Exactly the type of cooperation between the police and the communities that we need to see a lot more of. So round of applause to the California cops. Uh, absolutely. That's a, that, that is, that is a very cool story. Can I, can I throw out some, one other, one, one other thing that I, that I saw today that, that I thought Please. was cool. So Dolph, you know who Dolph Lundgren is, right? No. Uh, he was Drago in Rocky Four. Okay. Yeah. So apparently, didn't know this, but he uh, uh, Dolph Dolph Lundgren is a is was was had a had a Fulbright scholarship to MIT. Wow. As a chemical as a chemical engineer. Wow. Did right? not see that one coming. <laughs> Neither did I. Not, not at all. So I was, I, I ran across an article because he's been out of the business for a little bit, and I think he's got, he's got an, another movie coming out. But he, he was, you know, he, he's, he's lived in Europe and spent time in Russia and all over Europe, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously he's, you know, with the whole Rocky Four connection. There's this whole thing of, uh, of Dolph is is Dolph Lundgren actually Russian, and he gets that all the time. But he knows quite a lot about it, uh, and, uh. He, he he had he's the one time that I've actually seen he was asked about the current state of politics and relationships and world world things. And he actually said good stuff. He said, I think that it's going to lead to some good. I have to look at the positive things. People are shooting it down, saying both candidates are weak and Trump's crazy. But I think something good is going to come out of it. I actually think slowly the world is becoming a much better place. Nobody talks like that. Good for Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> good for Dolph. Amen. I know, right? I still think your something cool was much more uplifting, but I I, I couldn't hold on to Dolph Lundgren until next week. I needed to talk about it. Um, So, all right. Well, that's all we got for uh, for this week. Be sure and follow us on Twitter. I'm at LibConMatt. Tim is at LibConTim. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. (laughs) 